Welcome to Live, Behind the Veil, an atmosphere where men and women of God speak His Word to this age and bring His Kingdom to this earth. Do you have ears to hear and eyes to see what God is doing in this hour? Let us join our host and the family's conversation as the Holy Spirit is unfolding the Word Behind the Veil. A mighty rushing wind in Acts 2 that filled the people. And looking into the Greek, it is also, it's a multiple definition. It means breeze, wind. It also means the Spirit. That is the avenue by which that took place. But I think what's important is those people in that upper room, the 120, had to disconnect. They had to empty themselves out because you can't fill something that's already full. They were in a room worshiping. They were letting go of everything they could think of because Jesus was gone. Everything they knew was gone. And so what do we do now? I believe that Jesus probably gave them more instruction than just to wait in that room, upper room. He probably said more. They said if they mentioned everything that he said, that there would be enough, not be enough volumes to hold everything he said. I think he actually told them to let go of things. And when they let go, that's when the wind came in and filled that void. Because in the natural, you can't have a void, a vacuum. You it can't. Everything fills up. And I think it's really important to understand that you can't get anything from the Lord unless you let go of something. I think that's really the crux of where some people have issues. You can't receive something from the Lord, even salvation. And then go about and doing everything that you did before. It should cause a change of some sort in reaction or following actions that you take from that moment on. I think what you're saying, Alan, is important because he'll pull the plug on what we believe. And when he does that, we say, Well, what now? Here I believe this for all these years, and now I look in the scriptures and I see that, well, that's not what I believed, but that's the truth. It puts you into that place of a vacuum. What do I believe? That's where I think the day of Pentecost, there was a lot of people there who were there based upon there were not enough answers to satisfy them. And he said, you go. I'm going to send you. He made a promise of something they didn't understand. You right. go, you tarry, you wait. I'm sending a helper. Mm-hmm. He, there is several things that he referred to, and all of them, I think, were, are important. I'm sending you a helper. Okay, who's the helper? You, you're going to send me a, a, a Timothy? <laughs> That's part of it. They didn't know. It set them up. You're better off you don't know anything about what's going to happen so you don't have a preconceived idea. Right. I always give God credit setting us up just the way we need to be set up. And then 
doing what he wants to do. I wanted to go back to what we were talking about as far as disciples in the upper room. I think there's a real point there that I want to emphasize, and that is they didn't know what they were doing. But they knew that everything that they had believed just fell apart. All their hopes and dreams fell apart. They were devastated. It created an atmosphere, and I'm sure they were praying. I'm sure they were talking. They were praying. They were crying. All the emotions. But they were really getting rid of all their thoughts because they didn't know anymore. Nothing made sense to them. It did not make sense to them because Christ was gone. Mm -hmm. And I know he talked to him before he left. And what he said, we don't know. Obviously, he didn't say anything that would stop them from creating a vacuum and disconnecting from from an old thinking and old ways of life, because mm -hmm. that's the whole point. And that's one of the points that I wanted to make is I know that I wouldn't just say Christianity, but I would say most believers approach the Lord wanting to receive. I want more of the Holy Spirit. I want mm -hmm. the gifts. They come into worship. They draw. They're wanting a meeting with God. They're in the drawing mode. I would say probably 90% of their time when they're praying or looking to the Lord or in worship, they're in the drawing mode. The problem with that is they're full. Their glass is full. And God can't, as much as he wants to meet them and fill them, he can't. He simply can't. It has okay. to be a whole different way of thinking. And I wouldn't call it repentance because that thinking behind repentance doesn't get you there. But it's more like turning away or disconnecting is a great word. Dumping. The scripture says crucifying. There has to be that thing within you. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, you want more of God, you want the gifts, you want all these things, you need to get rid of some stuff out of your life. Mm -hmm. You need to crucify it. You need to stand in the garage and start throwing stuff out the garage. You don't have to woe is me about it. You know, you don't have to cry about it. You don't have to go through all the, the, the old thinking that we've been through in repentance about it. You just take, take it and you throw it out of the garage and you don't let it come back. It's not coming right. back. So what you're doing is you are literally disconnecting from things that are ways of life, ways of thinking, emotions, whatever those things are in you that are filling your life. Yes. So what did we get rid of? I'm glad you asked that, Debbie, because you want to get rid of all the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful, everything. I think even down to our concepts of what we believe God has shared, or even a reality in what God has shared and done with us in the past. Because he's he's moving forward. He doesn't stay back in yesterday. He moves forward. Again, a scripture to, to give us this foundation is uh, Hebrews 3, and also in Hebrews 4, he says, Today, if you hear my voice, don't harden your heart. And the thing is, is if we're empty, then we have an opportunity to hear and act on that word and receive something from the Lord. But if we're hanging on to something from yesterday, again, it goes into the children of Israel. Yesterday, God told them to take the promised land. 
And they go, oh, no, man, there's giants there. We're we're grasshoppers in our own sight. God said, you can do it. And uh, they refused. And then the next day they tried and got slaughtered because there was a specific time for that word to be fulfilled. And it didn't work for them. I think it's very true. Yesterday, whatever God shared with you yesterday, as wonderful as it is, it may not be what God wants you to focus on today. You could take an overview of Christ's ministry, crucifixion, resurrection, let's say the first 40, 50 years afterwards. And you can see that when Christ first appeared on the scene, there was a mixed reception. There were some right from the very beginning who believed that he was the Son of God, sent to be king. But their ideas of that kingdom were thrown out the Romans. So here comes a truth that Christ the King has come. He's setting up his kingdom. He's proclaiming his kingdom. He mm-hmm. didn't proclaim the church age. He, he proclaimed the kingdom right from the beginning. Yeah. So we, he, we go through the, year, the time of his ministry prior to the cross. He starts telling them all these things that are going to happen because he goes to the cross. One of the things that he said, they're going to receive an earnest. They're going to receive an earnest of what is to come of his kingdom. The helper, all kinds of things that are going to happen out of his crucifixion. He tells them all these things are going to happen, and he's crucified. Reality set in. Mm-hmm. All those promises and stuff like that, okay, those are just promises. There was not that many. There were a handful who believed what he said. But the majority of them said, wow, what about all these things? So then he did what he was going to do. He went down, the father buried his right hand, reached in, brought him out, resurrection. And he said about those days, immediately after his resurrection, started appearing to people, and they started going nuts. And then Peter gets up and says, this is that. And the first promise came true, that he sent a helper. And it changed every way the people believed. You look and see all the promises prior to the cross began on the day of Pentecost and just blossomed. Those on the day of Pentecost, they took what Christ started, they started teaching. He's coming back. All these things are a witness to the truth. The helper has come. We get up each morning, tie into the what God is doing believing, but before that day ends, it's going to be added to me part of being a new creature. So we live each day that way. Well, just like you were saying, Dale, God speaks things. That doesn't mean you're hearing what he's saying. Mm -hmm. He spoke to the disciples about his kingdom. They were clueless. They were clueless of what he really meant. They were looking for him to take over the Roman government Right, kick him out and become king. Yes. And that didn't happen. So how much as Christians today have we listened to the word for however many years that you've been walking with him 
but you're really clueless. You think you know. And that's the whole point we're talking about, disconnecting from a former manner of life, disconnecting from even the good things, because he may have something deeper to show you. You may have some revelation. You may have some things you believe. Most believers do. But those are part of the things that are filling your glass. He may want to show you, hey, guess what? I'm not going to make a kingdom here on this earth to take over the Romans. I'm going and taking my, I'm going to go get my kingdom in heaven and later I'm coming. But you'd never hear that because you already have your doctrines of what you know he is going to do or you believe he is going to do. Mm-hmm. And we have the same thing today. We have things that have been ingrained within us since we became Christians, maybe before. How many of those things which you don't know, are deception or wrong thinking. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know unless you disconnect from them. You know, one piece that fits in this is one reason why we want to empty our glass is that a truth out of time is the same as a lie. That is a tough pill to swallow sometimes because especially when you get on one of your mountaintop experiences you want to ride that for weeks (laughs) you you want to stay there because it's really cool it's really nice but it's not necessarily where he wants to meet you today adam and eve were given instructions and satan approached eve didn't god tell you this hath god said well yeah of course he did But it created a question. The only thing they had to do was not eat that fruit. And then Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, after being baptized by John the Baptist, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness to be tested. And Satan was there with Scripture, quoting Scripture to Jesus. Doesn't it say that if you were to fall, that the angels would catch you? Yeah, but don't tempt the Lord your God. He knew the scriptures as well as Satan did. But Satan uses scripture to cause deception. And that's why I think we need to be empty. Know the scriptures. Don't get me wrong in that. Know the scriptures. Read them. My God, study them. Eat them. You know, devour them. Because you have to know them like Christ knew them in order to combat when Satan wants to twist it just a little bit to serve his purpose. Again, out of time, it is it is it is a lie. And so that's why we need to hear what the, the Holy Spirit has to speak to us today. Over the years, I've noticed something. God will bring you into a place on purpose. Mm-hmm. And he'll bring you to that place where something that was good to you, he will purposely dry it up. It'll even come as a blessing. Yes. It'll even come as a word, and it'll come with confirmation. I can think in the area of finances. I think over the years, we've lived long enough to experience ups and downs in that area where God would God would bless me, and I, I'm amazed. Wow. But then if he wants to bless me more, he doesn't necessarily put more on top of what I have. He'll take away what I have. 
and not so much take it away as he'll bring you to the point where you offer it up. He'll be with you. He'll guide you. And man alive, like you say, Alan, it's a mountaintop. And then he'll pull the rug out. Mm -hmm. And you got to hang on (laughs) to see what's going on. And then you'll start up the mountain again. And you'll realize that he did it because he loved you. And because of your human nature, you probably would not have gone any other way. He had to take away one thing to give you what was better. Mm-hmm. And we know the, the old term, you go from good to better to best. It's like he takes you from a mountaintop to a valley that's higher than a mountaintop. And he does that successively. That appears to be his pattern, and I'm all for it. We've all heard about an upward spiral. We talk about an upward spiral. And the point about that spiral, as it's moving up, you're going to cross that same thing that you passed at the same point on that spiral, right? But it's a different level. There's a difference, but it's the same. You've matured from the first part to the next part to the next part to the next part. You know, he's so much bigger. He's just so much bigger. And what he gave you yesterday, he wants it back. (laughs) You give it to him. You know, you don't just throw it away. You give it back to him. And I think that's a lot of the issue is we don't understand is we give back to him what he gave to us. We're not supposed to keep it. It's like the manna in the wilderness. It goes bad. It gets rotten. Because we hold on to it so tight. Change. God wants to change us. It's like Christ. He laid down his life. And that's how we change. We lay down our life. And that's what we do. When we create that vacuum in our lives, God actually creates the vacuum. And then you got a choice. What's going to come in? Is more of God going to come in or less of God going to come in? And it becomes your choice. Experiencing the impartation of God's Word through His family is life. Has this time in His presence blessed you? Then please subscribe to our podcast at livebehindtheveil.com. If you would like to contact the family with questions or topics that you would like discussed, you can email them to livingepistles at livebehindtheveil.com. Stay connected. Tuned in and grow with the family as the Lord unveils His Word to us live behind the veil.